Okay, before I start, I want to talk about a deputy sheriff that was killed in the line of duty last week. Uh, September 10th of 2020, Deputy Sheriff Ryan Philip Hendricks, who was part of the Henderson County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina, uh, which isn't too far from where I live and is actually where my girlfriend is from, He responded to a call of two subjects breaking into a vehicle. The person who called and the suspects ended up exchanging some gunfire, and when Deputy Hendricks showed up on the scene, the suspects obeyed commands at first, but... They ended up grabbing one of their guns and shooting Deputy Hendricks. He was killed and declared dead at the hospital, but they did save all of his organs so that they could be donated. Uh, Deputy Hendricks was a veteran of the Marine Corps, and was on the force for eight years and is survived by his two children and his fiance. Um, of course, prayers go out to his family and hopefully uh, they can find some closure and in knowing that uh, he was brave up until his death. So I just wanted to talk about that before we get started. Uh, to just know that everybody's praying for him and his family. And uh, we hope all is well. And I'm back. It is about 9 o'clock on Thursday, and I have finally got everyone in the family to sleep so I could actually go out to my shed slash podcast studio slash golf practice area slash man's shed, whatever. It serves a whole bunch of purposes. But I'm out here, uh, and I just wanted to actually get a, a real episode out about one of the main things that we're going to be covering. Uh, I've got two beers out here, so if you hear me drinking, I'm sorry, but also I'm not sorry. Um, just hanging out, long day at work. I'm sure it's, uh, it's hell out there for a lot of people at work right now, and it's even hell out there for people not at work, but uh, hopefully this can be just a little escape for everybody to learn something, to get some laughs out, uh, and even get serious about a few things. But for the first initial episode, I just want to go over a little history about the Medal of Honor. Um... I'm not sure if I talked about it in the last podcast that I posted, but for me, I know 
hearing Medal of Honor stories and even stories that are uh, that show brave men and women doing things that aren't expected of them, uh, especially from about World War II on. Listening to these stories, reading the citations, and listening to interviews, and just hearing these men talk and learning about their stories helps me a lot with just being motivated to to get out of bed in the morning and uh, and go to work. I know work seems petty compared to some of these stories that we'll cover in future episodes. But hearing how these men handled their their darkest day, for a lot of them, I'm sure, just puts a little pep in my step and, and helps me get through it. Kind of like a man-up thing. You know, my life isn't that hard. Could be a lot worse. I could be dealing with, with what some of these guys dealt with. So... You know, the first couple episodes that I'll post, just go over, you know, a quick history. You know, I, I, I'd i like to go over some of the designs of the metal and how it's changed over time. You know, each branch has certain things on their metal that distinguishes it from the other branches. But I think starting off with a, a quick history, you know, nothing too crazy, nothing too long. I think is a good way to uh, to start the deep dive into it. But basically, I guess the definition or the requirements, whatever you want to call it, I don't care, uh, for the Medal of Honor is for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of life above and beyond the call of duty. Now, I just want to talk about this for a second. One thing that I guess bugs me is, you know, I'll read stories of guys who got awards, even, you know, NAM with V, Navy Achievement Medal for Valor, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, but, you know, Bronze Stars for Valor, Silver Stars, Navy Crosses. Some of these stories that I read also fit into that, but there are some clear actions that fit into this in particular I immediately think of Kyle Carpenter at the time being a Lance Corporal an E3 the third rank up you know jumping on a grenade that came up onto his post without even thinking about it most people would run away from it or, you know, I've heard people say, well, why didn't he just kick it? Why didn't he throw it back? But, you know, he chose to jump on top of it and shield it with his body as to not let any of his fellow Marines get hurt. And I think that falls under the category of above and beyond the call of duty. You know, nobody expects you to do that, but he did it. So I think the definition is okay. I don't think it's great. 
I think it needs to be more descriptive as to separate it from the other awards. But that's just my opinion. Obviously, my opinion doesn't really matter much for the level of government and Congress and all that. But basically, what started the medal was the Secretary of the Navy at the time, Gideon Wells, had suggested to the Senator of Iowa, by a man by the name of James Grimes, um, an award that would show extreme valor and, uh, as the definition states, gallantry and intrepidity. And this would eventually be introduced December 9th of 1861 as Bill S-82. Now this, this bill moved incredibly fast because on December 21st, you know, just 12 days later, Abraham Lincoln actually signed it and created this and allowed it to be a thing. And at first... It allotted for 200 medals to be given, but this would eventually extend out to 2,000, and as we know today, upwards of 3,500. Um, so starting in 1861, you know, you're looking at 100 and, what is it, 60 years later, you got 3,500 medals. Some of them are controversial, some of them aren't. Some of them are obvious, um, but I do think this was one of the best things that w will come out of the military. Now, the very first medal that was given was to a private, actually, which to me was surprising because most of the medals that are given are given to officers and higher-ranking enlisted guys. But this was an army private by the name of Jacob Parrott. Uh, and his action took place in April of 1862, where he would eventually become a prisoner of war and would be returned in a prisoner exchange in March of 1863. And basically right when he was returned to the Union from the Confederates, he was awarded this medal. It was March 25th. Um, it was him and six other Union soldiers who received the medal by taking place in the Great Locomotive Chase, is what they called it. Now, the easiest way to describe this is to just read his, cit his citation, and it says, One of the 19 of 24 men including two civilians who, by direction of General Ormsby M. Mitchell, penetrated nearly 200 miles south into enemy territory and captured a railroad train at Big Shanty, Georgia, in an attempt to destroy the bridges and track between Chattanooga and Atlanta. Now, during the Civil War, these bridges and train tracks were important uh, landmarks. So him going in there basically they just took over a train and just 200 miles in enemy territory took care of business became prisoners of war and would eventually be returned 
Now, one controversy is that that was the first medal given, but there is a medal that was given out for an earlier action. That was February of 1861. So you're looking at close to a year, actually more than a year before. And this was the assistant surgeon in the Army by the name of Bernard Irwin. He rescued 60 men from an Apache force with only 14 guys. Now, 14 guys against 60 doesn't really seem incredibly difficult now, but the weaponry that they had and the tactics that they used back then, that was, that was pretty big. It actually took a long time, 33 years before he would receive the medal, January 24th of 1894. And this was right before he retired as a brigadier general. Moving forward, May 15th of 1862, the Navy ordered 175 medals to be made from the U.S. Mint. Now, at the time, these costed $1.85 each. I'm not sure how much it costs to make one now, but I'm going to go ahead and safely assume it's a lot more than that. The first... Navy Medal of Honor was June 26th of 1861 as the action, and it was awarded April 3rd of 1863, so you're looking at close to two years. And it was a man, John Williams, who was a captain, and they took attack when they were on Matthias, Matthias, I don't know how to pronounce it, We'll just go with Matthias. And he was on the boat. And the story goes that he said, Every man must die on this thwart sooner than leave a man behind. And that motto still goes on today of never leave a man behind. And he ended up getting shot in the thigh by a musket ball, and he stayed in charge of the boat. And when the staff of the boat was shot, he held the stump in his hand with the flag in the air as to not let the flag fall. Well-deserved, I believe. You know, as a captain of a ship, you need to take charge, and I, I think he did that very well. Moving through this next part pretty quick, in 1863 it was made permanent and was expanded to Army officers. In 1864, the first african-american medal of honor was awarded when robert blake who was actually a former slave uh received the medal for running powder boxes to artillery crews while he was under fire i couldn't find much in detail about that but you know running powder boxes to artillery crews while under fire seems like it would be more than worthy of the medal now, another controversy here is that he was the first African-American to receive the medal. But there, again, is another African-American whose actions would eventually get him the Medal of Honor took place before he actually received the medal. And this is William Harvey Carney, who uh, would recover a downed flag and return it to his troops area. And would eventually be wounded twice for this. And he never let the flag touch the ground. So repeat theme here. Never letting the flag touch the ground. You know, 
in today's day and age where throwing a flag on the ground and burning it is just, you know, a five-minute slot on the news. You know, just sitting here in my man shed, you know, I've got an American flag hanging up. I've got a thin blue line flag hanging up. You know, on my house, I have an American flag hanging on the front door. And in my garage, I've got a Marine Corps flag hanging up. You know, these are things that I hold near as the American flag, Marine Corps flag, and the thin blue line flag just supporting my countless number of friends who are policemen. I know I know one of my friends is a policeman in Ohio. I know my closest friend when I was in the Marine Corps, he's a police officer in New York and his wife is as well and you know, even if it's hanging up the thin blue line flag or just saying I support the police, you know, I don't I don't want to get political about it, but, you know, if my friends are police officers, I'm going to support them. I'm, I'm going to do what I can to let them know that they're not out there alone. Um, I think just supporting the police, even if it's just hanging up a flag and letting people know that, that you're there if they need it, I think that means a lot. So these troops that are running out in the middle of fire just to pick up a flag and bring it back, says a lot about their character. Uh, Mr. Carney, it would take 37 years for him to get the medal, which I believe is the second longest. I'm not sure of the name, but I know there's a guy who uh, received the medal in 2000 for actions in uh, Vietnam. So he's, you're talking 35 to 40 years waiting for a medal. But of course, I'm, I'm going to talk about that in the future, uh, just getting that researched and written up. Now moving on, in 1865, the first woman to receive the Medal of Honor was Dr. Mary E. Walker. She was a civilian who was denied a commission, but would still end up serving as a surgeon and saving God knows how many lives during the Civil War. Now, Another big controversy, and this is probably one of the biggest ones that I could find, was she actually got her medal taken away in 1917 due to her not being a member of the military, along with, I want to say, 911 other men who received the award. To include uh, Buffalo Bill, William Cody, he had his taken away in 1917 with uh, Dr. Walker, and he was a scout during the Indian Wars. Now... Dr. Walker would get her medal back in 77, 1977, and Buffalo Bill would get his back in 1989. Which, just judging by their stories, I, I, I do think now in today's day and age, you know, to get the medal, the Medal of Honor, you should be in the military. But in 1865, when the Civil War was happening. During all these conflicts and battles, I I think a surgeon who's saving the lives of Union soldiers, I think she deserved it. Buffalo Bill's story, I couldn't really find much on why he actually got the Medal of Honor, but just reading that he was a scout during the Indian Wars, um, a lot of people believe that he deserved it. Now... From the end of the Civil War to the beginning of World War One, the medal was given out for other conflicts. 
which eventually led to the um, increase of actions required because a lot of people believe that the metal was actually too easy to get, which is wild for me to think about, that the Medal of Honor would be too easy to get because I've read countless stories of guys who have received awards less than that that in my head should be immediate Medal of Honor. But, you know, at the time it was given out pretty haphazardly and like they didn't really care. Um, But they changed that in 1918. They changed it so that the action must be in, in a conflict with an enemy and it must be given within three years. Which I'm not sure when that last part changed because like I said, you know, the Vietnam veteran who received it I want to say 37 years later, obviously not three years. In 1915, a few years before that, it was extended to Navy officers. Now going back to 1918, in July, the Medal of Honor officially became the top award in the military because some people believe that the Distinguished Cross and other awards of that level were in conflict with the Medal of Honor being the top award. So they made it official that the Medal of Honor was the number one award that you could receive for actions in combat. Now, the first Coast Guard Medal of Honor, the first and only Coast Guard Medal of Honor, went to Signalman First Class Douglas Monroe, who, reading the citation... What I got from it was he braved Japanese machine gun fire to rescue Marines and sailors in Guadalcanal. Uh, He eventually died from a gunshot wound to the head. And I'm not sure if I'm going to mess this up, but the rumor has it, the story goes that when the last Marine or sailor was rescued, he had already been shot, and the last thing he said was, did they all make it? Can't remember the exact quote. Probably should have wrote it down, but didn't. Um, I'm just going to keep it raw. I'm not going to edit it. I don't care. I messed it up. If you really want to know exactly what he said, you can look it up. But when he did this, it was September 27th of 1942 during World War II. And he would receive the medal, let's see, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, seven or eight months later, uh, on May 27th of 1943. Now, see, at the time, there was no... Medal of Honor for the Coast Guard authorized. So he ended up receiving the Navy Medal of Honor, which even to this day, any Marine who gets the Medal of Honor receives the Navy Medal of Honor. Do I think the Marine Corps should have its own Medal of Honor? Yes. Is the Marine Corps a part of the Navy? Yes. Do I think the Marine Corps is better than the Navy? Also, yes. But being a Marine, I'm pretty biased. So, whatever. But, uh... In 1963, there was a Medal of Honor for the Coast Guard authorized, but to this day, 57 years later, no designs have been made, which blows my mind because if I was a member of the Coast Guard and it's 1963 and they say, hey, you guys can have a Medal of Honor, we just need a design. I mean, shit in boot camp, as much as... Marines won't want to admit it. We had things called artist recruits. 
who basically were in charge of making a a holster, if you will, for the drill instructor's smoky bear cover. Now it's basically just a flat piece of wood with room for the bill of the smoky bear cover to fit in and then a cover over that, a wood cover that they would paint during boot camp for the drill instructors. You know, it, it would have, you know, cartoonish drawings of the drill instructor and things that the drill instructors would say. Like, I think one of my drill instructors got one and the main quote on it was, come here, bitch. And if you're a Marine, you know exactly what come here, bitch means. It means you, you fucked up pretty bad and uh, you're about to get smoked for it. So why the Coast Guard has not come up with a design in 57 years or Let's see, yeah, 57 years is beyond me. Now, the Air Force Medal of Honor was designed in 1956, and nine years later would be adopted. April 14th of 1965 was when the Air Force had an official Medal of Honor. And just like the Marine Corps and the Coast Guard got the Navy Medal of Honor the Air Force received the Army Medal of Honor before this. Now, after that, not much has changed about the medal. Just, you know, during Korea and Vietnam, Iraq, Afghanistan, all these wars and conflict after World War II, to me, there wasn't nearly enough Medal of Honors given out. Like I said a hundred times before, I've read hundreds of these stories going all the way down to Bronze Star stories. And I may not be the smartest man in the world, but some of these stories I read, I get halfway through and I'm in my head I'm like, shit, how did this guy not get the Medal of Honor? But, you know, I'm not in Congress. I guess I could write my congressman about some of them, but... No, I don't know if it would change very much. But, again, not much changed with the Medal of Honor after these years. Just different men doing different actions, receiving the medal. But I just wanted to do a quick, quick recording even if it was 25 minutes, 25.05, I was pretty close, um, to get out, do a recording, get something out. I'll probably edit it tomorrow on my break at work or when I get home. Post it up on Saturday morning, which, uh, talking to Ryan, I think that's what we're going to stick with, is recording sometime before Friday morning, even if it's Friday morning. Uh, I didn't record with him because, you know, we had made a plan to record this morning before work, but we both forgot that uh, our clock-in times were earlier than expected, so uh, we kind of fucked that one up. But uh, I was also thinking, how the hell am I supposed to record an episode with another person with one set of headphones from an iPhone 
anybody that has iPhone headphones know there's one microphone and passing that shit back and forth would suck. So yesterday I ordered a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but plug it into your phone and it has like two cords that split off to it and they're like 16 feet or something crazy. But it's two microphones so you can do interview style uh, recording. Obviously not going to be interviewing Ryan. He's, you know, a main part of this. He's helped me come up with a ton of the ideas. Um, you know, I, I came up with the name of the podcast, Gun Run Podcast. But he came up with the design for the logo. And we actually used Chris from Warriors Battle to make the uh, the logo. But uh, basically it all started because we fucking love A-10s. I mean, name me a person who was in the military and even most people out of the military who don't watch a video of an A-10 doing a gun run through a valley that doesn't, you know, feel something. Shit's crazy. So that's basically where that came from. So uh, next week, me and Ryan are both off on Thursday. So I'm going to go over to his house throw in the new microphones and uh, get an episode knocked out. I don't think it's going to be anything serious. I think it's just going to be, uh, you know, Ryan introducing himself and, uh, you know, telling everybody about him. Obviously, I know most things there is to know, but just to get him into it, get him his first recording. Um. But, you know, episodes in the future that I would like to cover, you know, whether it's with Ryan or just by myself, you know, on a Thursday night or a Wednesday night, whatever it is, is uh, the history of each branch's Medal of Honor. You know, who was the first one to receive the medal? You know, how many have they received? And then another one is uh, each design of the Medal of Honor history. You're looking at the Army Medal of Honor, the Navy Medal of Honor, the Air Force Medal of Honor have all changed their designs. You know, they started out with your red, white, and blue stripe with a star underneath, and now they all have a very similar look with the blue silk uh, neckband with a certain variation of a, a star or a bird or a woman underneath. But uh, each part of the metal means something. And uh, I'd like to cover that just to, just so people can know. I mean, I've done countless hours of research on this just because I find it interesting. But, you know, there might be somebody out there who doesn't know certain things about it. And being the top award in the military, I think everybody should know about it. Everybody should know about these brave men. You know, Donald Trump giving out a Medal of Honor to an Army soldier on September 11th this year during the pandemic on the 19th anniversary of 9-11 I think was just a huge middle finger to everybody. And I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I think I think there should be more stories like that. But I just wanted to go over a, a little history about the medal, post up the video on YouTube, you know, get it out there on all our streaming services uh, that are all all on Instagram. You can check that out at Gun Run Podcast. You know, normal spelling. Um, I think 
I think given a quick history will get us get us rolling into these Medal of Honors stories. You know, after going over each branch's history, the designs, taking it slow, going over each aspect. If somebody doesn't like it, don't listen. I mean, if you don't want to hear about the Medal of Honor history, no skin off my back. But, you know, in a couple of weeks when, when we post up the first story, I think the plan is to read a citation. You know, don't research anything about it. Just read the citation and and me and Ryan just just go for it. Just give our reaction. You know, we've, we've done it countless times before. We're just going to record it. And, uh, of course, we love input. Don't be afraid to comment. Don't be afraid to send us a DM. If you've got our personal pages, you can DM us there, too. DM the podcast page. Follow the podcast page. Just a, a little support is cool. You know, we don't need any... We don't need financial support. We're not doing this to make money. We're not doing this for any of that shit. We're just... We're doing this, you know, mainly so we have a record of some of the shit that we talked about. And, you know, some people can learn things from it. You know, people can laugh at us. I know one thing about the last podcast that people loved that I had forgot I even said was, why the fuck would you waste a 12-pack of tacos? Totally forgot I even said that. But I had multiple people tell me that that was the funniest part, that they actually laughed out loud at that, which, you know, helps me. I mean, that may be selfish, but, you know, hearing that, you know, that I made my friends laugh over something so stupid is, uh, is nice. So I'm just, I'm just glad that the support is there. You know, of course, feedback about the audio and, you know, certain things I say, that's appreciated too, so we can, we can grow the podcast to something a little bigger. Um, hoping the audio from those microphones works out good. But, uh, I actually found a new thing on this app that I record the podcast with that you can, uh, put a little outro with music. So I think today I'm going to end the podcast with a little outro of Ryan's band's music. Uh, name of the band's Harp and Coat Hanger. I pretty much know every one of their songs by heart, go to their shows, obviously know all the band members. Um, so if you want to listen to their music, I've, they're on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, I'm sure. Uh, Harp and Coat Hanger. Not sure where that name really came from, but I mean, shit, we can ask Ryan when he comes on and and go from there. But just play a little outro of uh, their, their number one song right now called All Day Lori, which is on their latest album by the same name with a new album coming out in October looking forward to hearing that obviously but uh we'll be talking to you guys next week you know like I said feel free to follow like subscribe the whole speech so uh let me know what you guys think you know just throw some input my way so I can improve obviously I'm just shooting the shit now But uh, I'll talk to you guys later, and see ya.